you're about to listen to a great Where Are They Now interview on the Everyday Eagles podcast. We've interviewed Southern Miss greats such as Brian Dozier, Neil Watson, Nick Mullins, Chanel Thurman, Pauline Love, and many more. If you're interested in sending in questions for future Where Are They Now interviews, be sure to follow us on all of our social media channels. We post who we are interviewing and give our audience a chance to send in questions for guests to answer on the show. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Everyday Eagles Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at Everyday underscore Eagles. If you're listening to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, it would really help us out if you would hit that follow button. And if you're listening on Spotify, tap that bell icon on your screen. When you hit that button, you'll be notified every time a new episode is released and you'll never miss a single future episode. We greatly appreciate your support and we hope you enjoy today's episode. One of the players' parents in the roost talk about that. And this was a player that wasn't on the team yet. He was, was going to be a freshman next year. And his dad brought it up. And I, <laughs> and I, just, I couldn't believe it, man. But um, apparently that's still kind of a thing. And, uh, I mean, I still think about it. And I still think it's, I think it's hilarious. I'm you laugh about terrible. it now. <laughs> I have to now, man, because I definitely don't want to think about it as a bad thing. Because I mean, it was probably one of the worst <laughs> baseball moments I've had. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got some company now because I think we said Reese Ewing did it a couple of weeks ago from left field yeah. through it, through it in the bullpen. So thank goodness, yeah, thank goodness yeah. somebody else is doing that too. I mean, there, there's I mean, they, there's another member of that club. I mean, I'd love for more members to get in that club. It's, I mean, it's a tight <laughs> membership right now, but um, we we're accepting notifications all the time. So <laughs> we need members from other teams to join that club. Right? Yes, yes, so yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Are you looking for the spot to kick back, relax, and talk all things Southern Miss? Well, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Everyday Eagles podcast, the podcast for Southern Miss fans by Southern Miss fans. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Everyday Eagles podcast. We are excited to bring you another wonderful Where Are They Now? This is your boy, Chuck. Uh, let me bring in my co-host, Mr. Lane Brady. Lane, are you there, man? I'm here, man. Chuck, you outdid yourself with our guests this week, man. We got a good one, man. We got you a good brought one. in a fan favorite. Facebook stalking a, has, its, has its benefits sometimes. Yeah, man. you brought in one of the... One of the biggest fan favorite outfielders I think we've had at our fantastic university. For sure, man. Go ahead and bring bring Mr. Brunny in for us there, Chuck. But yeah, tonight we got uh, Mr. Cameron Brunny. What's up, Cam? What's up, fellas? I just want to say that intro is pretty sweet. Did y'all make that yourselves? I like that. Yeah, that was actually uh, paid in a good friend of ours, Mr. Joseph Jones, who's a lawyer in Hattiesburg. He's a uh, big fan of the show, so we 
We love Joseph. Thanks again, man. So you're getting props, Joseph. Joe Jones, um, you're the man. Yeah, Joe Jones was right, man, for sure. He has for a manly sure. voice, doesn't he? Like he I'm does. a bit, like I envision like this burly dude with a beard. Whenever and he, 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 he doesn't do have a beard, but he's not very. I'm like he's a tall, skinny, fast softball playing dude. Well, that's not <laughs> we'll the mental Joe image again. I had in my head of that guy. So. <laughs> no there doubt. You well, uh, Cam, you doing all right, man? Oh, definitely. I'm pumped to be on here, guys. I appreciate you guys having me. I'm excited We're to uh, excited to have chat you. it up with y'all. Absolutely. Well, Lane is going to kick us off with our our our, our questions. So, yeah, take it away, man. Cam, we like to ask all our guests a couple questions. The first one is, "What brought you to Southern Miss?" Oh, what brought me to Southern Miss? Well, I can tell you what brought me here was. I mean, when I came here for a visit, there for a visit, I was able to kind of sit in the stands and catch a game with, I don't know who they were playing, but I was able to sit in the top row with my mom and my dad and I was able to catch the game and kind of kind of feel out the atmosphere a little bit. And, and that right there I thought was a lot different than the other places I was able to visit. I mean, I was able to go to FSU and South Alabama and Troy and all those schools kind of in the Southeast. And man, I really, I felt at home, I guess, when I was in the stands and before and after the game, man, it was, the atmosphere was just, it was exciting. It was different. I mean, the fans seemed very invested into their, into their players and into their club. I mean, it kind of felt like everybody was kind of part of, the Southern Miss tradition rather than all those other schools. And I don't mean to knock on those other schools at all because they're great schools, but I mean, Southern Miss just had a different vibe to them. And I mean, I just, I just felt at home, man. It was easy to kind of sit up there and the chatter from the fans, man, they just, they just love their baseball. And that's what I love to be around. That's interesting. You say that Cam, because I know I myself feel this way. And I feel like a lot of Southern Miss fans feel this way about Pete Taylor Park, but we feel like we just have a very unique atmosphere that's really, really different than everywhere around the country. You you kind of felt that that vibe when you came as a, I guess, as a high school kid being recruited. Do you think other high school kids kind of get that vibe when they come to Pete Taylor Park? I think so, man. When you kind of park in the parking lot or park over again across the street at Reed Green and you walk down that, I guess, that little hill, to kind of get you in that bowl setting when you see the park first off, man, it's just, it's just different. Cause you, I mean, you can see it from far away. You can see it from across town. You can see the lights and you can see the stadium, but once you kind of get close up to it, it's just, it's just different, man. Cause you can go to those other schools and I mean, it's they They do have nice parks, but it's not as intimate as, um, as getting into that, and into that bowl setting when you get down to Southern Miss, it feels more, it feels more of a family vibe because everybody's just is there for one reason. And that's to um, all be a part of that Southern Miss family. Intimate. That's a good word for it. <laughs> that there, that is a good I word. Like and, I, and I'm proud to use it. Only real men use that word intimate. Like, it's, <laughs> that's right. Uh, it's a good choice of words there. So, <laughs> all right. And uh, the next question we like to ask is what is your favorite Southern Miss moment? My favorite Southern Miss moment, um, other than throwing the – I mean, of course, you have your Omaha trip. I mean, I don't think I'll ever forget about that, playing at Rosenblatt, of course. you gotta got to bring that up. But, I mean, other than throwing the baseball into a bullpen down the line and 
watching your shortstop try to dive for it, feet up in the air, yeah. hanging his body across over the wall. I would definitely have to say um, we were playing UAB my junior year, and it was Mother's Day. And I was, I think, up in the bottom of the ninth. I think we were tied five to five. And luckily caught up to a pitch and was able to hit a walk-off home run. And it was on Mother's Day. And, I mean, that's just one of my – probably my my top moments that I have at Southern Miss. Um, other, of course, other than the bullpen and Elm Hall visit that we had. How much crap did you get from your teammates about the bullpen ball? Dude, I still get crap about that. I actually went to Southern Miss um, to watch a game last year when we were going on that big that big winning streak run, mm-hmm. and I think I had one of the um, one of the players' parents in the roost talk about that. And this was a player that wasn't on the team yet. He was a he was going to be a freshman next year, and his dad brought it up, and I, <laughs> and I, just, I couldn't believe it, man. But um, apparently, that's still kind of a thing, and. Uh, I mean, I still think about it, and I still think it's – I think it's hilarious. I'm you laugh about terrible. it now. <laughs> I have to now, man, because I definitely don't want to think about it as a bad thing because I mean, it was probably one of the worst baseball moments I've had. <laughs> well, you've got some company now because I think we said Reese Ewing did it a couple of weeks ago from left field yeah. through it through it in the bullpen. So. Thank goodness. Yeah, thank goodness yeah. somebody else is doing that too. I mean there, – There's, I mean, there's can, another member of that club. <laughs> I mean, I'd love for more members to get in that club. It's, I mean, it's a tight <laughs> membership right now, but um, we, we're accepting notifications all the time. So <laughs> we need members from other teams to join that club. Right? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> no, that's strictly Southern Miss guys only. It's a Southern Miss club only. <laughs> so when you threw that ball, did it just tail on you? Like, did you know when you released it? Like, this is bad. Like, what what went through your head? Man, at first, I thought it was going to be a good throw. I I guess I threw it at a bad arm slot, and it just kept running. The ball just kept running and running and running. I was hoping it was going to get over that little um, – it kind of angles that bullpen does a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I was yeah. hoping it was going to get over the angle. And I was like, that's got to get over. Um, apparently, it wasn't a strong enough throw, and it went right into the bullpen. <laughs> <It> was, um, <laughs> I think the guy got an inside the park home run because of that. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, it was really something. Was it – so that was in 2009 or 2010 when you did that? Or was that 2011. Your 11, okay. 2011. Yeah, yeah. So what did Barry say to you? Or did he say anything at all? He didn't really say anything to me. All I can remember is him just staring at me from um, – because he, he still stands, I'm assuming, on the – um. there's like a box outside of the dugout yeah, near the same entrance. same spot. Yeah. yeah. All I can see – all I really remember is his, his glasses, his like dark sunglasses just looking right at me wondering <laughs> how did he just throw that into the bullpen. I'm assuming that's what he was thinking. That's all I could remember is him just – Just thinking. Scott Barry stare. Yeah. Yes. It was um, – that was devastating. That was rough. <laughs> And we were getting we were getting really we we're getting beat bad by Rice that game anyway, so that oh. just kind of was icing on the cake for me. That's hilarious. Well, uh, so, what was your major, man? Um, so I just I did interdisciplinary studies. I focused on business and communications. Okay, and what are you doing now? Um, are you still involved with in baseball, or I am. I'm actually um, my main job is I work for Herd Real Estate. And um, on the Panhandle of Florida, I work from um, Pensacola all the way down to Panama City Beach. Okay, trying to sell and trying to sell and invest in all those homes and buy in all those homes that through all that wave right now. And um, and I'm coaching um, 
at Gulf Breeze High School, my alma mater on the varsity level. Awesome, man. Baseball, baseball. That's some high dollar houses over there. Dude, they, once you start getting a little bit closer to 30A, those houses just start turning up in the millions. And you're just wow. like, dang. Wow. Luke, I think Luke Bryan sold his home for, for near like $18 million, or it might still be on the market, but insane i don't know man that's in, that's insane to me i don't i don't i don't see how people can can kind of live down there i mean i would love to live down there because it's yeah. gorgeous but it's crazy so where are you live what what town do you live in now uh pensacola, pensacola. so it's kind of right outside of gulf breeze it's across okay. it's across the pond there's like a three mile bridge that you gotta go got across you. yeah so when you say you're into real estate are you like are you buying flipping and selling houses or are you like a realtor Selling houses to people like what's your what what angle definitely. of real estate do you do again? Definitely just a realtor. I'm not I'm not into the investing and flipping side. I mean I help investors out that kind of are out of town investors. But myself, no, I kind of just get them going. How you like being a realtor, man? I feel like that's a really fun job. It is. I like I like it a lot. I think the schedule and the flexibility of it's really good. But I mean, it's a lot of people think it's easy work, but it's tough, man. You got to stay on your clients. Con- consistently and you got to be good at be good at communication i mean you got to stay with them and kind of meet their needs whatever they need you have to meet them constantly but it's fun man you get to meet a lot of new people a lot of different people and you get to talk to a lot of people man and i've always enjoyed that you know i was never into like keeping up with stuff like hgtv and watching housing markets and what houses are selling and all (laughs) so we tried to buy our first house and we went to buy our first house i like all of a sudden, HGTV shows and stuff—they were genuinely interesting to me. <laughs> you know, like really? I mean, it's like that whole. <laughs> I've never, dude. I've not. I've watched a couple episodes of that. My my broker tells me I need to watch more of it. I didn't yeah. really start watching it until I got into the real estate business. Um, but yeah, man, they're really interesting. They um, the flip. I saw one with where um, Lil John was helping out. You y'all remember Lil John the rapper? John. Yeah. yeah, he was helping out doing like um like a home makeover type of real estate TV show. And I thought it was hilarious, but it was good. It was, you get to kind of learn some things that you don't really know about ins and outs of it. This is real cool. I feel like that's a cool world to be involved in. Like, I don't know, maybe that's just an outsider looking in, but it, it looks, I feel like that'd be an exciting job. It is, man. It's, it's fun. It's, it's exciting. It's it keeps you on your toes. Keep showing your toes a lot. The only thing about those home and garden, uh, TV, you know, TV shows where they're buying houses is like you'll have a husband and wife, and the husband's like a part-time farmer, and the wife's like a school teacher, <laughs> and their budget's like two point five million dollars. And you're like, what? I mean, yeah. like, where are you making your money at? I mean, what kind of farming are you doing? You ever seen Ozark? Very rich kind of farming. Yeah. Ever seen what, Lane? <laughs> You ever seen Ozark? That's what they're I doing. Have not. I have not <laughs> <Ozark>. <laughs> That's dirty, buddy. <laughs> I'm gonna get us off topic if we get yeah. on TV shows. My bad, guys. <laughs> no doubt. I'm on a Ted Lasso kick right now. I need to check out Ted Lasso. I've heard a lot of good things about it. It's phenomenal. So, how you like coaching? Coaching's fun, man. I did it a um, I did it about five or six years ago. Um, I was at Gulf Breeze again and then kind of went up to UWF, University of West Florida, and coached in college for a year. Um, I t- kind of took a break. That travel was kind of rough. But um, I was luckily able to get back in it this year because their head coach took another job that they had. Their head coach was 
two weeks out of the season and he got a job opportunity somewhere else and he kind of took it. So they were kind of looking for replacements to help out. And luckily I was able to kind of get my name in there and just help out a little bit. And I kind of got my love back into coaching a little bit by being around these guys and these players. Cause I mean, I kind of forgot that being in college and cause the travel just wore it out of me trying to coach in college. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool. Well, uh, Cam, the way these segments go is, or the way these shows go is we, we put out to all of our listeners and let them know who we're bringing on the show and they, we get them to send in questions and they delivered, man. We got a long list of questions here that okay. were sent to us. Uh, <laughs> some by, some by social media, some by email and some of them just plain texted us, the ones who That's- knew us. And so we got a bunch of questions for you. So we'll get this thing kicked off here. Uh, I'll start us all. Brennan Roberts. Hold on. Let me, uh, let me ask this question first because it it deals with high school and it kind of chronologically makes sense. Okay. Go back. If that makes sense. Okay. So, uh, Tyler Jackson asks, um, you were drafted by the New York Mets in the 50th round out of high school. What were your feelings related to that? And would you still choose USM if you had it all to do over again? Uh, I mean, getting drafted is cool. Um, granted it was the 50th round, I mean, but still out of high school, man. I mean, (laughs) Yeah, BA let BA Vol Move let me know that consistently that I got drafted in the fiftieth round of high out of high school. So that doesn't sound like him at all, man. Yeah, he didn't let me forget that. But um I mean, no, it was it was awesome. The scout that drafted me, Wes Parker, he's from South Florida. He's a great guy. Um and it, would I kind of change it or would I want to go up there? No. They offered me a thousand dollars and a piece of bubblegum. I got to to play minor league baseball. And I said, no, thanks. I'm going to go to college and kind of get my education. Absolutely. See if I can play a little college ball and compete. But, um, I mean, other than that, it was, I mean, it was, it was cool seeing my name pop up on the draft board. And I mean, that kind of was pretty sweet. It's a memory. for sure. I got to say. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. All right. That's all. That's all he had. Lane. All right. Thank you there, (laughs) Tyler. Well, uh, Brennan, uh, Brennan Roberts, is uh he's actually uh he's a listener of the show. His dad and both of his brothers have been on the show. Maybe we need to get Brennan on sometime there, Chuck. Uh, Brennan's whole family is originally from Florida. I'm I don't know. He didn't tell me where I'm supposed to know, but I don't. But he he wanted to ask. Uh, tell us what it's like growing up in Gulf Breeze. Um, it was fun. You get to hang out at the beach a lot more than a lot of other people that don't grow up around here. So that was a really good part. I mean, it's not really a, um, it's not really, when I was growing up, it wasn't really a sport town. It was more of a get your education, go off to college and become, just live your life. So I didn't really have any kind of athletic people to look up to that much, Um, which was fine. I mean, I enjoyed it. I loved going to the beach. I loved hanging out with my friends, honestly, kind of just living that life. And so, I mean, I still had to cater towards my baseball and so I still had to work it into that, but no, man, I, I really enjoyed living out in Gulf Breeze, man. It was, it was fun. It was a good time. I had a lot of good friends and I mean, you really can't beat this beach up here, man. I, I don't know if y'all visit over here or any, but um, the sands are really white and the water's really blue. And it's, it's, it's kind of perfect during spring and summer. I was there a week ago, man. Loved it. 
perfect, wasn't it? Yes. Wait, was it raining last week? Um, it rained the uh, last night we were there, and it was cold the next day. But we left that morning, so it was okay. Okay. Yeah. Hope you got some good sun in then. Yeah. Brennan also asked, "How was baseball in Gulf Breeze?" Once you mentioned it's not a huge sportsy town, but do they consistently have pretty good teams come through there? Um, and then he asked I mean, who your rival was. Looking, so I guess that's kind of a. I got you. Yeah, who, who's your rival, and I'll what's start, baseball like there? I'll start. I'll start with the rivalry. Um, so our rivalry was Navarre Raiders. They were like twenty minutes down the road. Um, they they were kind of beach boys as well. So it's kind of just the two beach schools kind of getting after it. And we have they have a a bowl, some type of. Like a kind of like an egg bowl type of thing that they do for Mississippi State Ole Miss. They have the same thing for it's like a Publix bowl, I think it's called. There's like a Publix supermarket that sits right in the middle between Gulf Breeze and Navarre, and they play football. And whoever wins gets the Publix bowl. It's all that all that jazz for you. So that was our <laughs> rivalry. They're the Raiders, and um, but no, the um, the baseball here wasn't too bad. Um, I mean, we were pretty competitive, but I mean, when you're playing teams like Pace and Tate, who just kind of kind of bring out like college athletes consistently, I always have D1 guys that just come out of these schools and you got to play them in the playoffs and during the season, it's just kind of tough to compete against these guys. And when I say it was not athletically, I guess, ex- excelled in golf breeze, I'm looking more towards the men's sports. The women's sports here are phenomenal. We're good at beach volleyball, soccer, swimming, softball. I mean, our softball team right now is like 15 and 0. Oh wow! For women, so our um, our women's sports is I think second to none, and um, we're just trying to catch up and keep up with them ma- mainly because they're really good. But no, baseball is at least fun here, which I think is the most important part, as just having fun out there on the field. For sure. Cool. Well, thank you there, Brennan. The questions. All right. Um, I'm going to go ahead and ask. I was going to save this one for last, but I kind of want to go ahead and kick off with it. Um, so, this listener uh, said, Ask him about the best catch he has ever seen in the outfield during practice. During practice? During practice. Um, so, So we actually, um, this was before a game and it's funny because I think that's kind of funny that you bring that up. So this was before a game, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, It was a long time ago, so I'm not too positive. We, um, we were taking our outfield reps, just getting our fly balls in. And this player, his name was Daniel Covert. He went back for the fly ball. He couldn't see it. And I don't know if he lost it in the sun or he thought it was going to be a home run. He stuck his hands out like I don't know where it is, and he was looking at all of us, just looking straight at us, straight at all of us. And the ball just randomly went into his glove. <laughs> it was possibly the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life because he started busting out laughing because <laughs> he caught the ball. It was incredible. It was probably one of the greatest catches I've ever seen in practice, but also the funniest, man. It was it was hilarious. That's funny. Just because I can't believe he caught that baseball. That's funny. It's so funny. What? Hey, but it was the greatest catch ever because 
He had no idea what was going to be in his glove, man. Like, it was awesome. Well, here's the second part to that question, Cam. He said he better say it was the barehanded catch in center field during BP. He was my only witness. What? And that is from Mr. Colin Cargill. Oh, my gosh. I have to think about that a little bit. Oh, he told me. He's like, barehanded. call me if he doesn't remember it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I have to remember that because I – I, for some reason, can't think of it right now. He's gonna. You might be mad about that one, because that sounds like it'd be awesome. Like straight in the air, he caught that one. That's what he hand. says. That's what he says. What? Yeah. And then he also oh said, "I said, get him to tell you about the time he threw the ball into the bullpen from left field." So that was Jeez, that. man. That's just like. <laughs> I was not known for my good throws, I guess. But no, I cannot believe I don't remember that. Yeah, apparently, he caught him. I'm gonna have to think a little bit harder for that. Yeah. We'll have to oh, we'll have to get yeah. him all the time. Yeah, yeah. I hope he's not mad at me about that. Nah, he won't be mad at you. All right, good. Because I I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to think about that a little bit harder. There you go. <laughs> Boy, that that uh bullpen throws a gift that keeps on giving it. That Kale <laughs> gifts keeps on giving right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I guess so. Really. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, the stat guy Marty Wyndham sent some questions in for you, Cam. He uh. You might remember Marty. He was a manager up there whenever you played. I don't know if you'll remember him or not. He he did a lot of stuff with baseball. No, I do. So, yeah, I definitely do. He wanted to know uh, what was your favorite road trip and why. Now he asked a bunch of questions. I'm gonna camp out with some of his for a little bit here. He asked, "What was your favorite road trip and why?" Uh, favorite road trip. I mean, I mean, I would honestly say Omaha. That's a good one, man. <laughs> I think, I think we, I think we took a private jet to fly up there, a private plane, not jet, but private plane to fly up there. And honestly, man, it, the the atmosphere that that place brings is second to none. You can literally walk down the strip, and you have these houses rented out specifically for teams, and they are have their fans just grilling out and getting just. Just making so much food, and it's just incredible. Because I tend to love my food, even though I, I mean, I tend to love that stuff, and I tend to love like kind of fans showing out for their teams. Oh yeah! And you could literally just walk down the strip, and these house, these townhouses were just rented out. Like you see a, an LSU flag, and you saw a Texas flag, and they would just be constant, like just a ton of Texas fans just running in and out of these houses with tons of food, um, tons of drinks. I mean, it was just – the atmosphere was just insane. And then then you have the town of Omaha, which I think is awesome. I think there was like a stand-up comedian going on that, that week as well. I think it was Dane Cook. So it was an extra amount of people were there. And just to have the, that vibe there and kind of see how that town works when the Omaha kind of brings everything to that place. It's it's incredible, man. It's it's really cool, and I think that road trip is very memorable. I don't think I'll ever forget about that. And I tell my players to this day, I mean, how how awesome that is. If, if they ever have the opportunity to get there, it's just, just kind of soak all those moments in like that because it's it's different. It's just it's really different. Real cool. And uh, Marty's next question was, obviously, Pete Taylor Park was probably your favorite, but aside from playing at home, what was your favorite stadium to play at? 
Favorite stadium? Mm. I mean, I liked the minor league stadiums. I thought Jackson, Mississippi Brave Stadium was great. That's a that's a that sore subject terrible, for us right now, Cam. Yeah, even though that terrible thing that just went on yesterday or two days ago, I thought that place was immaculate. I cannot believe that happened. That was the, the side out was, there when you played. <laughs> was it like it was, it was? Dude, it was a lot better. Was than it? Than, dude, it was a lot better than what it was last night or two nights ago. I could not believe. Man, it was the could not it believe was it. Nuts. We, I was there. I bet I was. We, Oh my gosh! What what do you think? Do you think the we walked bad? in and the first thing my wife did was look at me and say, "What's wrong with this stadium? Like, what's wrong with the field?" I said, "It looks like they just put grass down." Oh my god! And don't they have games yeah. in like a week? And it, it just it blew my mind. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. Well, I like playing there. I like playing at Zephyr Field. Me either. I don't. I don't get that yeah. at all. But. No, I mean, I, I like playing at the minor league fields. I think they're – back then, the field crew do, did a great job. I'm sure they're doing a great job now. They just – they weren't ready for, I guess, a college game. Do you play there again? Well, I want to ask kind of a side question here off of that. What was it like playing in Gainesville being a Florida kid? Like, not – like a kid from the state of Florida. What was it like in Gainesville? Uh, that was fun. This is a this is probably a story that y'all haven't heard. Um, so when we started that, they actually rain delayed us for like fifteen to twenty minutes. Um, and then we went back out there to kind of start restart the game up and play our game. And when I was running out to left field, man, I tripped over this thickest blade of grass you can think of. It fell right on my face <laughs> in front of all those fans. It was very embarrassing. <laughs> There's your memory, but it was like right in. It was right, yeah. It was right behind shortstop, and I just fell right on my face and rolled over. And all I can remember is all those fans laughing at me. And then I got heckled for the next two days, which was pretty yeah. nice. But um, I thought it was. I thought it was cool, man. It was good to go back there and kind of beat a team that I, I wasn't highly recruited by them at all. So I kind of had a little chip on my shoulder that I really wanted to beat them badly. And I mean, it was just, it was fun to kind of compete up there or down there and, and win that series. Oh yeah. I was hoping Tim Tebow would show up though. That was the one thing I was hoping for. I saw a lot of Tim Tebow jerseys, but no Tim. Yeah. I was pretty disappointed in that. I I figured he'd come out and support his his team, but yeah. Uh, The next question Marty sent in was, is there one particular play that sticks out from your time here at Southern Miss? Uh... I feel like you kind of answered this Obviously, with the walk the thir- off. I mean, to me, that would. Yeah, the walk off was. Yeah, the walk off was kind of the biggest memory for me. Um, I mean, my mom still brings it up to me all the time. But um, so that's kind of stuck in my my brain. It's kind of burned into my brain, actually. So that was probably my favorite. Um, there was one my freshman year when I was playing center field against Cal State Fullerton. I think it was like the first inning and. Uh, even though we lost that, we got swept that series. I was able to field a ground ball in center field and throw this kid out at third base who tried to kind of round second, try to take this bag and try to steal this bag, honestly. And um, I was able to come up and throw, throw a decent throw and get him out at third. So it's not all my throws aren't always in the bullpen. <laughs> um, this one was kind of online and kind of helped us out and and uh, was able to get that guy out. So that was kind of that's still kind of a memorable throw to me and a play that I kind of remember. A there little you bit go. Still. And then Marty asked, was there one team in particular that you wanted to beat more than anybody else? Like 
Who did you hate when you played here? What what team were you just like, I, 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 we got to beat these guys? Ole Miss. That's a good Ole answer. <laughs> right, Chuck? That's yeah, a good there's answer. not really any, like, way good answer. There wasn't any, like, real – yeah, it wasn't any like real reason why. I just um I just really wanted to beat Ole Miss every time, every single time. Oh yeah, and then and then Marty asked, "What teammates do you still keep in contact with?" Um, not too many of them. Being in Pensacola, living about three hours away, it's kind of tough. I mean, I still chat to Justin Diliberto here here and there a little bit. Um, but yeah, not too many other people. Too well, too much. Um. Yeah, JD is kind of the, the guy that I kind of I'll text him a little bit or message him here and there, but um, that's pretty much the main guy I keep in touch okay. with a little bit. And then his last question here was the night before the day of a game ritual. So this is an interesting question here to me because we all like to talk about what what are your you know superstitions or what is your game day routine or whatever. This one's a little di- it puts a little twist on it. Night before. And then day of the game rituals, were, were, was there anything you had to do like the night before, the day of, or anything before the game started? Uh, night before, nothing really sticks out. I don't think I did anything the night before. Um, but the game days, so I had, a, I had a superstition or a ritual that I would always eat like a spoonful of peanut butter before my games. So I had to at least get one spoonful of peanut butter. And then before every single time before, like after every pitch, I would kind of just spit my bat and gloves and kind of rub them together and kind of clap my hands and undo my um, my wrist straps on my bat and gloves and then kind of check my hand placement on my bat and kind of tap the, the plate like once or twice and then kind of get after it. And that's if I remember correctly, you being a bomb with this year's uh batter timing rules <laughs> that's what i was gonna ask too. Yeah. oh my gosh yeah you were very you moved quick definitely. through it but you were definitely like every pitch i was sitting there like that dude is i doing both gloves <laughs> you were very yeah i'd be playing with that 20 seconds man i'd be playing with you were very thing. routine based at the plate i remember that so <laughs> gotta be well, thanks gotta be. for the questions there marty yeah, thanks, Marty. Thanks, Marty. All right, I'll kick it off with uh, Tim Shanks. Um, you prob- you may not know him, but I can promise you you've heard him in your playing days at Southern Miss. Uh, the first question he asks, did the coaches not let you have a smaller hat? I feel like your hat went flying off every play you made. Uh, that's a good question. Um, so they didn't make a hat that fit my head perfectly. I guess it's tough to find one of those. <laughs> I don't like a hat that's too small because it hurts right. my head, and I played out. I played outfield, so I didn't think it mattered too much with the hat. Not at all, flew man. Off. Not at all. But I didn't do it on purpose, man. I just, I guess, I tilted my head back a little too much, and it just—it's all that speed, is what it was. <laughs> oh yeah, all that, all that, all speed, that speed, man. Yeah, you're not. Lying. It's like it's like Lane <laughs> when he challenges his track and field people, man. It's that speed. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Um, his next question is, did you enjoy the hecklers when you were on the field? How much did it fire you up to hear the fans excited? Uh, definitely. I thought that was probably one of my favorite parts of playing in the outfield. Cause you get about, I would say on average, like two to three balls a game, maybe five if you're lucky. And other than kind of looking at the stands and kind of drifting away and not really focusing on the game too much. Mm-hmm. 
um, the hecklers kind of keep you involved a little bit more. And that kind of helped me stay in the game and stay focused because without them, man, I was just kind of, uh, my eyes would just wander. And I, sometimes I would be late getting ready because I check out if there wouldn't. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but that's why Bo Davis was so good my senior year or my freshman year and his senior year. Cause he was really good about about being focused and I was not. So I learned, I learned a little bit from him on on that side, but no, the hecklers were, they were, they were much needed back then. Uh, no doubt. Uh, his, his next question is what school heckled you the most or was there one? Like, did you ever get heckled out in the outfield? Yeah, my two favorites are um, Mississippi State and East Carolina. Okay, Mississippi State, man. I had a I had a really good high school friend go to Mississippi State, so he um, he had his own fraternity back there, like right behind me, and I guess he let them know everything about my life. <laughs> and um, this is when Facebook was just now becoming a yeah. thing. It was like right when it started coming up. So East Carolina, other than Mississippi State, he I mean, he kind of helped him out, but East Carolina, man. You are sitting or standing. It was a short, short porch out in left field. So you are literally standing right next to them. And I think they're called the jungle. I still have a sign to baseball from there. Oh, wow. So we had a good yeah. time. That, yeah, we had a good time that weekend. Um, they all signed a baseball for me, all their guys. And and um, we had a good time back there, man. They were great hecklers. They had a, a big old microphone right in my face wow. the whole time. And, I mean, they were right on top of me. And they were giving me – everything in the book that they could find on Facebook and on me. And, I mean, I took it well and it, it was, it was a good yeah. time. And they, they really know how to do their job out there. That's awesome, man. And, and that's what it's all about. You know, a lot of people get mad at hecklers, but that's part of the game, you know? Yeah, yeah. it's part of the game. I, I as long as you don't get too personal. Yeah. Out, yeah. yeah, exactly. Keep that, keep the personal right. stuff out. But um, other than that, it was, it was good yeah. stuff. I liked it. Well, um, next question. Is there a pitcher that you admired slash felt challenged by more than any other? Um, so there was two that I could think of. One was actually from East Carolina. His name was uh, Seth Manis. Yeah, I think he played for the Cardinals um, when he got out of college. He had some He had some really filthy stuff. I think he won or two hit us in the conference tournament my junior year. He was really good, really, really good. I wanted to, I really wanted to beat him, but he was just—I mean, his stuff was just really, really good. His, I think, his changeup was just very dirty. And um, the other one was Todd McKinnis in our inner squad. Okay. He, he was, he was one of, the, he was one of the guys that I really wanted to compete against and do well off of. Because if I, if I knew I could do well off of him, then I can kind of take that approach into yeah. the season against the really, really good pitchers. Okay. So he was kind of a guy I admired in that sense. I like that, man. I like that. And the last question he asks is, uh, you know, Coach Palmer announced his retirement your freshman year. Um, which coach, you know, was instrumental in recruiting you? And did you think about transferring to another school after Palmer decided to retire? Or was Southern Miss always going to be home? Uh, first off, Southern Miss till I die, man, always. I like that. Always. I was never. I would never think about transferring out of there. Um, Corky was awesome. Coach Palmer, he was the man. He was a great, great coach. I think he really worked to have you become the best version of yourself on and off the field. That was big for him. And um, he was a great mentor and leader, man. He was he was awesome. But um, the main recruiter was um, Chad Kaya. Okay. I think he's at Jones Junior College right now. I think so, yeah. Yeah, so he was the main recruiter back then. And um, great player coach. 
great, great player coach. He really connected with all of his hitters. He was, I mean, he was phenomenal at his job. And I mean, I couldn't, out of all the recruiters that I did talk to, he was the one that stood out mainly because of his attitude and how he spoke to his guys. I mean, he kind of just got you on the same level as him. Didn't try to speak over you or speak above mm-hmm. you. He was just kind of on the same level. It was perfect. Great, great guy and great coach. Like great that. coordinator. I like that. All right, that's all Dirty's questions. Uh, Mickey Kelly, who's a great friend and listener of the show and has been on the show, um, he asks, other than the College World Series appearance, what memories come to mind when he thinks back on his time at Southern Miss? Uh, man, that's tough. And I guess that could be on field, off the field. Like, you know, did you do anything else? Yeah. Clubs or? No, I, yeah, no, I thought, um, I thought our off field relationships with the, with the boys, I thought was really, um, it was something special. And I know, um, cause that's why I went back to coach Palmer's being kind of envisioning. He wants you to be the best version on and off the field. And I know I had my off the field antics that I would get in trouble with a little bit, but, um, no, I think being around the guys and being around the teammates, like just this, the kind of the get-togethers we would have was just um, was something special, man. Just being around a group of guys that are kind of looking at the same thing you are, kind of wanting the same thing you are, and don't kind of connect in that way. And stuff like that is just tough to find. So I think cherishing those memories is kind of the best thing you can do in those moments. No doubt, man. Um, well, looking back, I mean, it's just it's something special, man. It's just you don't not everybody gets that. And um, I think having that opportunity really kind of builds you and grows you and grows you into a better person when you grow up. Okay. You older. I like that. That's words of wisdom. <laughs> words of wisdom. <laughs> All right, Brady, you got a question, man? Yeah, Joel McCarty, uh, a listener of ours and a self-admitted big-time Cameron Brunny fan. He, uh, yeah, he, he sent in. Quite a few questions for you here, Cam. We're going to unpack these a little bit at a time here. Uh, the first one was tell us about the College World Series and Rosenblatt. I know you already talked about like what Omaha was like and all, but can you tell us a little bit about the actual like experience of going into Rosenblatt and what that game experience was like for you? Oh, yeah. Um, so first off, going in there, I thought they had the most amazing opening ceremonies. I think their fireworks show was on par with Disney World. I don't know if y'all have been to seen Disney World fireworks, but I mean, it was, they like mirrored each other. Their opening ceremonies were incredible. You kind of walked from center field all the way to home plate with your team. They put you on the big jumbotron so you can kind of look back and see yourself up there as well. So it's just, those moments are kind of surreal when you look back, you're just like, dang, did I really do that? And um, believe it or not, the playing surface wasn't the best. <laughs> But just when you're looking out from the outfield and you see these mismatched different colored seats, um, you kind of take it in, like you kind of realize where you are because those were kind of famous, in my opinion. And that was part of the big that was part of the big attraction of that stadium was just the red and blue and yellow seats all the way around this place. And then when you're you're pulling up, you see the big Rosenblatt sign that is just brightly colored and red above the stadium. Man, it's just. The atmosphere around there, is, I think, is second to none when you're playing. I mean, you can talk about kind of the the outside of it more, like with the fans and everything like that. But once you get inside and on the 
something special because these are players that have played there that are in the bigs that are just are Hall of Famers. I mean, you're stepping on the diamond of like the Gordon Beckhams and all these guys that are just have been able to come through this, these stadiums and have just been really great players. I mean, it's just it's it's different. It's really different. Oh yeah, it's awesome. Hopefully, we'll get to see that again soon with our Golden Eagles. Uh, and then the next so. thing he mentioned, he said you had like a fifteen to sixteen game hitting streak in twenty ten, and was a preseason All American. He said, if I'm remembering this correctly, is it was that about right? Is that does that sound familiar to you? Is that right? Uh, I mean, maybe fifteen and sixteen seems a bit high for me. Um. I think I kind of spurred out around usually the yeah. 10 or 11 mark. 16 seems a bit tough. But, yeah, he um, said you had a streak like that. And yeah, he said no, just, I, um, I'd like to get his take on what it was like whenever he'd get on a streak like that. It's nerve-wracking, man. You start <laughs> thinking about it too much. <laughs> it's, tough to, it's tough to get up in the box. Yeah, it's tough to get up in the box and think, all right, I got to get a hit because I need to extend this hitting streak. That's the toughest part about it. But, um. Yeah, luckily you have some good players around you that kind of try to keep you out of your head in those in those moments. But um, no, that was um, those moments are they're fun to look back on, but uh, they're tough to mentioning. You game. had some good teammates around you and stuff, and you mentioned some of these guys already. But who were was there one teammate that you would say was your favorite teammate you had, or maybe a couple of them that were your favorites on your team? Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, they're all they're all good guys. I mean, you're talking about the Dozers and the Davises and the Ewings, of course. And I honestly feel like, I mean, there was from my freshman year to sophomore year, James Ewing. Well, we haven't spoke, we didn't speak him for like a year, and he came back from he was getting ready for spring training ball, and we chopped it up like it was like we literally just hanging out the other day. But um, I think the main guy was Chase Fowler. He's a great person on and off the field. Play catcher, right? He was a catcher. Yes, he was a catcher. He um, he said he could play third base. He said he could play infield really well, but um, we saw that a couple times. And he was definitely <laughs> a catcher. <laughs> He's there for a reason. But, um, but no, yeah, he was there for a reason. He was really good behind the plate. He could he could block anything you threw up at him. He was like a brick wall back there, and he had a good he had a good arm. He had a cannon, and um, now he was a great teammate, great player. I mean. Great friend. He was um, he was the man. Good deal. And then he asked, and uh, hey, real uh, quick, just uh, I looked up your stats while y'all were talking, and yeah, Cam, uh, your sophomore year, you had a sixteen game hitting streak during that year. Congratulations, <laughs> Cam. Yeah. Well, Glad we were the woods to let yeah, you know. Thanks. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Perfect. Fifty nine appearance, fifty nine games. You had a sixteen game hitting streak. So. That boy, right, Joel, perfect. way be on top of it. You tallied 25 multi-hit games during that season as well. That was a good year. Oh, yeah, so you were you were a beast on yourself. You know, your sophomore you were better sure. than you thought you were, weren't you? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I thought I struck out too much, a couple, uh, these, So these are two questions here that will kind of go one back-to-back with the other one. Uh, what's your favorite Southern Miss player, obviously, other than yourself? Your favorite Southern Miss player that's ever played baseball, and then or the, your favorite Southern Miss baseball player—that was the wording. And then he said, "Who is your favorite current Southern Miss baseball player?" 
Uh, my favorite Southern Miss baseball player is probably Travis Creel. He was awesome. He knew the game probably better than anybody I've ever been around in baseball. Um, I remember Coach Kai saying that that dude knew the game sometimes more than him. And that was during his freshman, freshman or sophomore year. I mean, you couldn't ask that dude a question that he didn't have an answer to. He, um, he worked his butt off. He worked his, I mean, he worked his tail off in the weight room, on the field. Everything about him was just 100% all the time. He really respected the game on and off the field. I mean, he was, he's probably Is my Is it pretty cool to see everybody. him coaching now? Um, like to see what all he's accomplishing? Dude, yeah. I'll watch the. Yeah, man, I'll watch the games and I'll see him in there. I'm just like, dude, I can't believe I'll play with that guy. He looks good, man. If he had, if honestly, if he had that weight when he was playing, I think he'd hit more bombs. Yeah, probably so. But uh, he was a little bit. He was he was a little bit skinnier back in his playing days. But um, yeah, he he was no, a th- he was a yeah, he was a he's awesome, man. He's a my definitely my favorite player. I I think if I had to think back, that's definitely the guy I'd choose, no doubt. Um, and I Kurt, gotcha. I'm definitely going to say the shortstop Dickerson. Um, I coach a shortstop right now at my high school who I'm hoping is going to be a future Golden Eagle. He's a 10th grader, but um, every time I show him video of a shortstop, I show him Dickerson and kind of show him how he approaches the game and how he plays defense because, I mean, that dude just seems like he plays it the right way. He knows what he's doing out there. He's got enough swag and savviness that, I mean, he just knows he just he plays it right, man. He plays the game as a shortstop should. Plays it tough too. He's probably my favorite player right now. I got you. He said, uh, "I think he was joking." Well, this one was he sent some laughing faces with it, but he said, "Ask him if he regrets not getting to play with Trey Sutton." <laughs> do you <laughs> Actually, know Trey? Have you gotten to know Trey? Yeah, I do regret playing, not getting to play with him. I would hit with him a couple times. We had a little hitting competition one time, and he beat me. And that was after his playing days, and he—I don't think he ever ever let me live that down. I think if whenever I saw him <laughs> out, he would remind me of that. But no, that dude's yeah. a hit master. I think learning from him would be uh, would have been pretty cool. I mean Kai knew his knew his stuff second to none, but um Trey had some secrets I think that he kept he kept to um himself while he was playing and uh if I could learn if I could have learned some of them, I think it would have helped me out immensely. So yes, I I regret not being able to play with him. <laughs> Clearly it's working out for for Trey, because he's he's coaching a team right now that that's had a lot of recent success. So that's where um, Dickerson came from, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he coached yeah. Dickerson in high school. Yeah, so and um, I can see yeah. why Dickerson, where he gets his um his swag and his cockiness and attitude, <laughs> and I mean, it just plays, it plays <laughs> perfect for shortstop, man. It's perfect. It's perfect. It does. It does. I think Joel Assex, he knew Trey back when he was in high school. So Joel's a former <laughs> coach too. So. Okay. Uh, and then the next one he asked um, is, what's your favorite memory of Coach Palmer? I think I kind of answered a little bit earlier. Um, he doesn't – he didn't – He was. I mean, he's a great coach, obviously. He really wanted you to succeed on the field, but that's not honestly what I think his definition of success would be. I think he really just wanted you to be the best version of yourself on and off the field. Um, and I think he reiterated that and he really wanted that for his players. Um, he was hard on us for sure, but for a good reason. And this, this life is tough and, uh, 
he kind of really wanted you. He was building you for that. Him and Coach Barry both, man, they were a great team together. And, um, I mean, I thought they were perfect, man. They um, they really strive for that. They really wanted you to be the best version. And then he asked, what was your favorite Coach Barry memory? Coach Barry memory? Oh, my yeah. gosh. Uh, ooh, that's tough, man. It's been a lot of that's good tough. ones out there. Well, the death stare is just—it's tough to get over, man. That death stare is—it's is tough. To, it, it haunts me in my dreams. You have no idea. Those big old sunglasses and that—that that head just looking right <laughs> at you the whole time, and not him not saying a word. And but then he'll smile and cheer you up real quick. And I don't think I have a specific memory, man. I just enjoyed playing for that guy. I yeah. would do anything. I think he built me into the guy I am today, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't change it for anything. He's he's a great person, great coach. He's awesome. And then his last question was, and why will Southern Miss always hold a special place in his heart or in your heart? In my heart? <laughs> um, dude, you my said school, you're man. an eagle till you die, man. So Exactly. What, it's, it's what, what makes Southern Miss so special to you? Uh, I mean, it's my school, man. They gave me They gave me the opportunity to play baseball at the next level. A lot of schools kind of looked at me and talked to me and didn't really pull the trigger. Um, and they did. I mean, they had enough faith in me to get on their level, and they thought I was going to be coachable enough. And they helped me compete in the right way, man. It's just I wouldn't, I wouldn't choose any other school if I if I could. Honestly, that's I'm all ride or die until I, as a Golden Eagle, always, man. I wouldn't change a thing. And great people around that place. I mean, everybody was nice. Everybody was, the fans were second to none. I can't say that enough. I just think the fans are just are awesome at that spot. And then you have your, your alumni players that still get involved. I mean, it's just like a big family. It is. The place is awesome. I wouldn't change it. Well, we're fond yeah, of we it. Like, we like it. We all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, Thanks it's awesome, the- man. It, it's great. Oh, no doubt. Thanks for the questions there, Joel. Um, all right. Yeah, thanks, thanks Joel. Joel. Mr. Corey Moore, who's also a friend of the show, uh listener, uh, he has some pretty deep questions, so I hope you're ready. Um I think he so. says, uh, get him to talk about his transition from high school to D one and then what adjustments he had to make after being a freshman all American going into a sophomore year. Did opponents attack him differently at the plate during the sophomore season? All right. So the transitioning portion from kind of high school to college, I was more of a infielder. In I did not school. know that, man. Oh, yeah. I, um, I made the switch. I think my junior senior year, I'm pretty sure. I, can't, I think it was my junior year, but I've never ever taught me outfield. They kind of just stuck me out there and I kind of just was quick enough or fast enough to get to the baseball. So one of the main transitions was learning how to play outfield correctly. And Coach Harrelson, Coach Richie Harrelson, I think he's at um, Northeast Mississippi Community College. He's one of my favorite uh, all-time volunteer assistant coach. No offense, B.A. or Ben, but uh, Richie, man, he got – dude no, got definitely. the players fired up. He was awesome. He's def- he is awesome. And he was the He was the outfield coach too. And he let us have fun, but he also taught us how to do it the right way incorrectly 
but he also let us have fun. I mean, we'd be out there robbing home runs one day, but then we'd be out there doing cuts and getting our, making sure we're communicating rightly, making sure we're not running into each other, making sure we're backing each other up and, and making sure we were hitting our cuts. And he gave us these five rules of baseball and of outfield. And I don't want to go into those because I don't really remember them too well, but um, he, he kind of burned it into our brain in college. Um, but other than that, it was kind of hitting the ball the other way. I, in high school, relied on my pool side a lot. And when I got to college, I had to really learn how to hit the ball the other way. That was a really tough thing for me to do. I think it took me like a month or two of just constantly hitting in the cage um, after practice, constantly hoping that I can figure this out. And Coach Kai being there and Coach Harrelson kind of helping out throughout that process. And that was a I thought that was a major transition. So you were a big pull hitter? or Yeah, so I relied on my pull side hitting a lot in high school. Um, I think I came to a showcase at Southern Miss, and that's where they saw me. And luckily, I was hitting the ball to the back to the, um, to the opposite field gap, and I never did that. That was really random for me. And I really relied on my pull hitting in high school. So um, when I got to college, I really had to learn how to hit the ball the other way, which I thought helped my game out a lot. And um, and the transition, I guess, from having being having the freshman All American tag and going into my sophomore year, which I think plays a big part of that of hitting the ball the other way, was learning how to take pitches, seeing the ball a little bit deeper. I mean, you have to see the ball a little bit deeper to hit the ball the other way. So if they do throw you off speed, change up curveball, it allows you to kind of see spin and let the ball travel a little bit more so we, then we can kind of help our hands stay inside the ball a little bit more and then hit it the other way a lot easier. So I think that was probably the hardest thing for me to do was to learn that. Even though I did decent my freshman year, I got a lot of fastballs. My sophomore year, I was getting a lot more off speed, a lot more off speed. So I really had to learn even harder how to let the ball travel and really sit back on the changeup or the, the curve ball and take it the other way even more. No doubt, man. And, you know, baseball is obviously one of the hardest sports out there. Um, and hitting a fastball ain't easy. But when you throw in a curve or a changeup or something like that, it, it just makes it that much harder. So much harder. And I'm going to say it's either baseball or golf is the hardest. Golf is so freaking hard, <laughs> I, man. Golf I get mad so if I play golf, so I haven't tried the real golf yet. So <laughs> uh. I hear you. I hear you. I'm actually good at putt golf, dude. Golf is my favorite activity when I want to be disappointed in myself. That's <laughs> I, my just, I just look in the mirror for that. So <laughs> I'll shoot a hundred. Just kidding. That's good. Nice. That's good. Yeah, I'll shoot. I'll shoot a hundred, and I'll go. be pretty stoked for my golf day. Hey, that's about. Yeah, <laughs> we we should play together. That's. I'm worse than you, but I'm, I'm not that <laughs> much further behind the hundred. So I think the last two. I think the. The second, not the last golf session, but the one before that, I left my putter out there because I was just so mad. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I'm leaving my putter here. I'm so tired of this. That's a bad luck. And I did. I don't have my putter anymore because I left it. My friends that shoot under 90, I won't go play with them. I tell like, I'm, I'm just going to make They're you. Good. I tell them, you're, I'm just going to make you bad. Don't, don't bring me out there. <laughs> <laughs> I think the more I drink, I get better. My irons start to get a little more lost when I drink a little bit more, which is pretty nice but my driver is god awful so bad well uh cory also asked um 
Let's say I just want to survive okay. I'd like to hear his thoughts on being part of those first few years of the BB Corps dead bat era of college baseball. Um, then he followed up with some good stats. Uh, Lane's a stat guy. In 2010, there was nearly one home run per game across all of NCAA. In 2011, that number was down to .5 home runs. Batting average also went from over 300 to 282. So what were your thoughts, adjustments, things like that against the the dead bad era? Uh, not too much. I wasn't a power guy anyways. I was more of just a basic guy. Um, so I didn't think it affected me too much. Uh, I really just tried to put the ball in play and hit a line drive. Um, Luckily, I didn't have to rely on power because I didn't really have too much of it. I had a little bit, but not a lot. I didn't want to hit home runs. So um, I didn't really think it was too much of a change or too too drastic or anything like that. I really was just out there trying to get base hits, and I don't think that affected me too much. But Okay. Yeah. Who knows, man? Those bats were rough. Those first first few years. It was. I remember that. Um so you, I mean, you know, you've got to mention this a little bit before you earn freshman All-American honors from Louisville Slugger, Collegiate Baseball, NCBWA, and Baseball America. What was it like getting that amount of recognition as a freshman and then coming, you know, for lack of a better term, I mean, if I got all those awards, I'd be like, man, I'm a badass, you know? Um, so what was it like, you know, listening to like people like Bo Davis and, um, Todd McKinnis and, you know, Colin Cargill, whoever helped you in the outfield. No, it was pretty cool, man. It was, it was awesome. Um, I don't think I could have think, I honestly didn't think I was going to win any awards like that. Um, and no one ever said, like no one ever brought it up to me, mainly because you have your Dozers out there and you have your Ballingers and your Davises and your Ewings and your Todds which those guys were competing for the big awards. So I was just out there kind of just doing my thing and sitting back. Um, luckily not the, the cameras or anything like that, or the faces weren't on me, which probably helped al- along the way. Um, Cause they were really good leaders. They could handle all that stuff. And I don't think that'll, that allowed me to really think of that. I didn't, I honestly, dude, I honestly didn't mm. think I was going to win anything. Cause I was, I mean, I was a little freshman dude. I, um, uh, you had these big dudes, Dozier, who was going to get drafted high, and Davis, who was hitting, who's going to get drafted high. I think he was hitting like three seventy or something, three eighty with like fifteen bombs, and I'm over there hitting with like hitting like five home runs. I mean, I was just, I was just, try, I was just kind of chilling, and I didn't think I really could. I had, I was just out there just trying to play my game and keep up with them. I mean, so I didn't, I it was, I mean, it was awesome. It's a great honor. Don't don't get me wrong, but I mean. Those guys, they kind of led the way, and I was just kind of following. That's through. awesome, and that's that's good, man. That, that shows shows your maturity at that young age. All right, here's a, a trivia question for for all of you, real quick. Um, and I think I think y'all might get the answer. I could be wrong, but who was the first USM player to get a hit in the College World Series? Do I have to answer that? I mean, I think it's Cam, huh? It's Cameron Brunny. Yeah, <laughs> he got a, a single in the first against number four Texas. 
I said, that'd be brutal right. to ask that question if the answer so, wasn't yeah, it, it was, ask yeah, you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Look, but I will tell you, like I was sitting, we were in Omaha and I was sitting there and I was like, you know what? We were talking to my friends. I was like, if I were, cause Bo Davis was leading off for us that game. I was like, if I was Bo Davis, I'd swing as hard as I could at the first pitch. And hit, dude hit that ball a mile, but it just wasn't far yeah, enough. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Was it dead center? Yeah, yeah, like like it yeah. I mean, where we, we were sitting he, he high, and like it was like eye level to us, and we're like, oh my god, this is going out, and then it just fell. I'm like, oh, yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, he barreled that thing up, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he he knocked the crap out of it. Um, <laughs> all right, last question. That where did it go? Um. Okay, here it is. Yeah, so you obviously played most of your D1 career in left field, but you also had some starts in center field. Which one did you like better and why? Uh, I mean, if you if you would ask a 20 or 21-year-old me, I'd probably want to say center field. But uh, looking back, definitely left field because you didn't have to have as much um, pressure on mm-hmm. you and you didn't have to run as right. much. <laughs> and uh, so it was a little bit easier out there and – I think you got to be a little bit more intelligent than I was to play center field. You have to know, kind of, you have to read angles a little bit better. You have to cut off baseballs a little bit better. I think I had the speed to play it, um, but I think um, it takes more than just speed mm-hmm. to play that position, man. You got to, you really got to know how to, you really got to know the spin of your baseballs and your angles really have to be on point if you want to play that position. No doubt. So we got. I'm definitely going to say left field now. We got a ball in center fielder now, for sure. That dude is good. He's fast, huh? yeah, yeah. He's got he's got a nice little beard. He, on do, him. he looks like Moe's from The Office. He does. He does. Yes. <laughs> does he sound like him? I've, I, never, I've heard never heard him, him talk. I've never heard. I heard him talk one time. He doesn't sound like him. He sounds like I, a kid from. Te- like, I mean, yeah. he sounds like a kid from Texas, which is what he is. So. He looks like a good ball player, though. He looks like he can swing it and run. Oh yeah, he can. He, he can. laid down a picture perfect bunt. Against uh, Ole Miss, like, that was where the kid slipped the, on the, that's the side. That ended the game. He laid yeah. down a picture yeah, perfect that's punt. His, so it's kind of his fault the game got canceled. He should have just it was, it, right. It was a walk off butt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lane, you got any more questions, man? No, man. I could sit here and talk about. <laughs> Southern Miss baseball all night long, all but night, Cam Cam has a life too, so. He does. <laughs> Cam, man, I, I appreciate your time. I got to get a root canal tomorrow morning, guys. Oh, for real? Yeah, I'm going into the dentist tomorrow morning, or endodontist tomorrow morning, and getting this thing done real quick. Oh, man, we should have waited till tomorrow to do this. Let you come on with that, uh, that laughing no. gas in you. Heck, yeah. <laughs> Heck no, that was terrible. <laughs> well, good luck to you on that, man. No doubt. And, uh, I appreciate Cam, that. man, I appreciate your time. I had a blast tonight getting to For chat sure. it up with you and relive some fun Southern Miss baseball memories. It was it was fun to watch you play. Definitely, guys. I appreciate you having me. Absolutely. Asking me to be on Absolutely. here, man. I always love reliving these dreams. No doubt. Really, really awesome. Well, uh, thank you, listeners, for joining us tonight or today or whenever you're listening. Thanks, Lane, for being a attentive co-host tonight. I'm proud of you. And thanks, Cameron, for coming <laughs> on. Uh, thanks, Pate, for making us Thank sound you. to look good. And thank Joseph Jones one more time for a kick butt uh, intro for us. And I guess we'll talk <laughs> to y'all next time. We'll meet y'all at the Pete. And as always, Southern Miss to the top. To the top.
Thank you for checking out the Everyday Eagles podcast, the podcast for Southern Miss fans by Southern Miss fans. Be sure to subscribe and follow our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a single episode. And don't forget to leave us a rating and share this podcast with a fellow Golden Eagle. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Everyday Eagles Podcast and follow us on Twitter at Everyday underscore Eagles. To learn more about the podcast or to inquire about being a guest on the show, visit our website at edepodcast.com. Thanks again for joining us today. We will catch you next time on the Everyday Eagles Podcast. And as always, Southern Miss to the top.